You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 161, we're discussing Avengers Endgame trailer number 2, Captain Marvel, and James Gunn's reinstatement to the MCU. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And no Sanjay this week. We've got this rotating casting going on. I'm happy to have you back, my man. Sad yeah. to see Sanjay no longer here, but it's 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 been difficult to get the three of us at the same time in the same place. But the podcast must go on. We've got an intense week of Marvel to discuss with this unbelievable Endgame trailer just hitting us out of absolutely nowhere. We've got to hear your thoughts on Captain Marvel. James Gunn's back in the MCU. And we've got to take up this night question of the month. So we've got a busy, yeah. busy episode. But man, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah. Brief hiatus. Your life has changed a little bit, evolved a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going yeah. on? Like, welcome back. Welcome back to the world of the pod. And mm-hmm. let's just jump right into things here. Let's let's get into our weekend nerd. But nice. really, as we're doing this, let's, let's frame out your life over the last two weeks <laughs> here. How's it going, man? Like, how's the family? How's everyone doing? Yeah, you know, it's great, man. Uh it's it, it's been a blast. 2019 couldn't be any better. Uh, you know, we welcomed home a new addition to the family, so we've grown a little bit there. And uh, it's been busy, man. You know, we're trying to catch up on our sleep, but everyone's healthy. Um, yeah. Everyone's tired. <laughs> everyone's hungry. But uh, apart from that, no, we're, we're good. Um, just getting used to things, adjusting yeah. to life. Um, you kind of forget how much harder it was back when the little ones were like babies were yeah. infants you know kind of got used to everything going on and now it's a it's, it's like i've gone backwards a little bit but only to go forward so, yeah one step it's, back it's two though. forward man yeah it's yeah i had a chance to meet the little one last night mm-hmm. beautiful beautiful baby yeah, i'm so thanks, happy man. for you guys and i'm so glad that i'm about to take that next step with the yes. both of you here you guys are a couple weeks ahead of me but i am on countdown mode at this point like it, we're we're within the couple days less than two weeks to the due date for me so next week's gonna be interesting and the week after definitely interesting to see what the pod looks like (laughs) well we're rooting for you man um you know we're just anticipating it and uh well wishes and i'm sure everything's gonna go fine and um for everyone out there listening too i know there's some other people some other uh listeners that we have that are uh expecting one too so uh best wishes for everyone out there man shout out we're all going through this together which is awesome i love it (laughs) Absolutely awesome. The other thing that we're going through together is is this insane nerddom that we are living in. As our worlds continue to evolve, so does the world of nerd. So in that, my man, like, how's nerd been going for you? You know, you've been gone for a couple weeks. You know, big changes, like we said. But have you been keeping the pace? Have you been out in the hunt? <laughs> I've been dipping my toes a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm addicted. Shout out to Corey, man. I'm addicted to these X-wing Lukes. I don't know what's going on with me in these X-wing Lukes, but I, I've picked up. I think I got three in total now. I got one in box. No, I got four in total because I got one in box for the archive line, and I got the original orange box for the original Black Series, 
And I got another one out of the box just to pose. And then I got another one because I really wanted that Luke head. I'm sorry, Carlos, if you're listening, but I actually kind of like this uh, Wayne Gretzky Luke head that he's dubbed it. <laughs> <laughs> so I've taken that head and I'm trying to uh, finally finish the yellow jacket Luke because I've been working on that thing for a long time. But um, picked up the Killmonger, you and I both. Oh, yeah. As soon as I saw you had that, I had to go and get it. It's a great figure, man. Michael B. rocking that hair. And it's the cool uh, like militia military yes. look. You know, which is great. I see you have him posed up with the like the African Wakanda helmet yes. or a mask, which looks mm, great. Yeah, it's it's yeah. gonna be one of those things that comes on and off for me. I love the mask look, yeah. but the sculpt on his face is unreal. Oh, He's got the, the crazy hair too going on. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. You know, I never did. I don't know if you did either. I never did get the chance to pick up the dual pack with him and um, yeah. Morton's character. Yeah, no. No, but I don't know if the head, it's the same head sculpt or not. Because I know it's the same hairdo, but I just don't know if they changed the head sculpt, if it got better from that time or not. Yeah, because the ones on the Killmonger or whatever it's called, the Gold Panther, mm-hmm. it doesn't look as good. Like The head sculpt looked too big for that body. Yeah. And yeah. they've adjusted with the militia look. They've mm-hmm. got his bulk to it, it seems. Mm-hmm. I don't know what buck they've used, but they fixed that proportion thing. Because when you look at the two-pack, it looks funny on the shelves. And I think that was yeah. the first iteration of Killmonger. I think there's been at least one or two other, and well, definitely one other. And there might be another version of it out there. But mm-hmm. this is by far the best Killmonger we've gotten from the MCU. Oh, it, it's nice. You know, I uh, that that um, Toy Fair, I did check out the Hasbro panel, and the guys did talk about, you know, they don't really know who's going to be a big hit coming out of the movies. Therefore, mm-hmm. we don't always get the best figures first. So to see them go back to this Black Panther wave, which is what they've been doing with the M'Baku Builder figure, yeah. you can see every character has just been done up that much more. Like, T'Challa looks way better with the goatee, the hair, like face scalped everything's looking good hasbro is coming correct man every yes, year get they better. are and even that mbaku head that comes with yeah the Killmonger looks great huh. now it's another builder figure that i'm probably going to try to get because nice. they've, they've shifted focus a little bit because they've done the full mcu black panther wave here we get yeah. t'chaka there's a dormilaje soldier right we get um who else there's the killmonger a couple black panthers yeah, so i the think whole... another shuri like a proper shuri isn't yeah it? there's i don't know if the shuri come out this way but there's ulysses claw as well right he yeah, looks they, good too he looks awesome so yeah they've they've done where they focus in on the mcu line and they're also giving us the comic lines which is something that i've been asking for and mm-hmm. here they are like you said coming correct like this is yeah, awesome man. hasbro it's, is killing it killing it man it's a it's it's good and keeping the mcu man i had to pick up i've been sleeping on this movie's marvel legends line but captain marvel mm-hmm. talos i oh. found this guy and i was like Dude, because you picked him up, and I finally saw him in person, and I was like, "Yo, this is this is a nice looking figure." It's 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 very different, obviously, from the comics, the scroll look, the scroll look that they went with. But I thought he is a fantastic hit coming out of the film, and I, I had to pick him up as I was watching the movie. I'm like, I need this Marvel Legend. Yeah. I have to get him. So I'm yeah. glad I found. Him. Awesome yeah. figure too. I mentioned it last yeah. week on the review that I did, in fact, pick it up finally in store. Saw it because you had pointed out to me that it was on Walmart.ca. But by the time you get so, yeah. shipping and all that, it's like forty plus dollars. I was like, ridiculous. I'm not paying that. Like, I love the, no. the character and the figure, but too yeah. much over thirty five, yeah. not for me. But yeah. I found him just kind of sit on the pegs in the back, and I was, I walked in. Oh yeah, there we go. So I was yeah. super stoked to get that. I agree though. Awesome yeah. sculpt, great likeness to the Ben Mendelsohn makeup face. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it, the, the whole thing, and then it's funny because they put that sinister look on his face, and we won't go into really yes. any depth because we don't want to spoil anything, but. Right. They, they really nail that end of it, like that proper skull scroll look. And right. 
Oh, yeah. it's. Um, we're going to get into some of your thoughts a little later on when we talk, cool. discuss Captain Marvel in a bit of detail here because you didn't have the opportunity to lay down your review here as we did last week. So if you guys want to hear a Captain Marvel review, we did it with our dude Carlos. He came yes. in, stepped in, filled the seat for the week, and we laid down our Captain Marvel review, almost two hours of discussion there. So we had a ton of fun doing it. And, Great review, by the way. That was awesome. Had a oh, good time listening to that. Yeah, yeah. Reviews are probably my favorite podcast that we do here. I love these back and forth banters and all that. But the reviews are so focused discussion and just elaborating on all the little intricacies that we do see within yeah. the MCU, within those, within those films. It's it's so much fun. So it is. you it really and you were you were truly missed. But we will hear some of your thoughts here, cool. definitely. Cool. And is that you know, catching up on any reading or anything like that? Where you've had a zero uh, to no downtime? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still reading this new Uncanny X Men wave that's been going on with. Uh, the return of Cyclops is back, and nice. we, the the real Wolverine is now part, and they're kind of reassembling the X Men team after this big fight with um, Nate Summers, the original X Men. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really good what they're doing over there. Um, I'm reading this crossover event between Batman and Flash. I got to catch up on Spidey and the Avengers because I want to get into that War of the Realms. Is yeah, it? War of the Realms is coming. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's really it, man, for comics for me for now. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing some big Star Wars catching up recently. Nice, I've got nice. through all of the Age of Republic stuff. Grievous came out last week. I did grab that last issue. Very interesting Sweet. issue. It's, cool, it's cool. I, I've really enjoyed all these, and actually, you're gonna be able to hear myself and Rob Cast over on TSW nice. Comics review yeah. everything except for Grievous in the next few weeks over on the TSW feed. So make sure. You catch that. We're doing a deep dive into all things Age of Republic there. And ton of fun doing those those podcasts. Cool. Is dude. this the final issue? Uh, that's the final issue for Age of Republic, yeah. And then we're moving into Age it of is. Rebellion okay. now, which I believe kicks off with Leia, I think. Nice. Yeah, that's where I've been doing most of my comic book reading. And then just a sidestep from from the kind of the, the universes we focus in on, I caught that movie Triple Frontier on Netflix. Right. It's got Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam. It's got uh, pa- uh, what's it, uh, Oscar Isaac in there, as well as Pablo. Who's the guy that's in the Mandarin? Uh, Mandalorian, sorry, Man- not the Mandarin. <laughs> oh, um, oh, I always call him Young Burton Reynolds. He looks like Burton Reynolds. How do I forget his name? Yeah, Pablo uh, Pascal. Pa- Pedro Esp- Pedro, yeah, Pedro, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's in that also. The cast yes. is fantastic. Stacked. You know, it, it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it, but it gave just this brilliant line from Ben Affleck in there. And really? at one point, I threw the gif up on my, on my Twitter feed, and it's, we need to hunt. And no. <laughs> so for me, that is our new collecting slogan. Nice. Okay, I <laughs> like that. We need to hunt. <laughs> oh, that's a war cry. Okay, I like that. That's dope. Oh, yeah. I got to check. Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier, yeah. It should be on main page of Netflix and all that. It's, uh, it's worth a watch. It's one nice. of those ones that you... Turn your brain off a little bit. It's you know, it's not a super war movie or anything like that. But th- I watched it for the cast. Like I'm a yeah. huge fan of Charlie Hunnam. Ben Affleck's yeah. great in it. Oscar Isaac's great in it. It's seeing him do something a little different. Nice. It's, it's it's well done. You know, it's not the most in depth film of all time, but it, it's definitely worth the two hours you spend watching it. Oh man, okay, I, I gotta check that out, man. Because you know, I need some new content to watch because. You know, with this a little bit of downtime, actually, my daughter and I, we uh, we watched um, Empire Strikes Back. We nice. watched a bit of that. And um, it was really cool to see her. She's really grown to like Luke Skywalker a lot. She's been an Anakin yeah. kind of person. but now I she's, asked her last night. Like, yeah, that's right. And she said she likes Luke. And you know, it's funny. When you left, 
my daughter took me to the playground. And when I say that, I mean, she was doing the whole who would win in a fight. And she's saying like Luke versus <laughs> Wonder Woman. Or she's throwing all these different combinations of characters. And I was like, I feel like I'm like grade five right now. Yeah. This is awesome. I'm on the monkey bars, you know? <laughs> so, um, but thanks though for uh, mentioning Triple Frontier. I'm definitely going to put that on the list. Yeah, I need that. For sure. That. Yeah, that extra little nice. content. It's nice to have something build out as we're anticipating this onslaught of, of big endgame stuff, Star yeah. Wars. So it's nice to take those pauses and even step outside of the universes once in a while. I, sure. I really do enjoy that. We're also getting kind of your fill from characters we're familiar with from those universes. So it, yeah. it's nice. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So is this a win for uh, Affleck? You know, because the last thing he did was, uh, was it uh, Sleep at Night? What was it? Something at Night? Yeah, I don't know. I never he saw that it. Movie. He had that I, movie. It bombed. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I just want to know if it's a hit this one, but I know. think so. You can yeah. kind of tell with the hindsight that he did go through that bout of rehab. You can see that mm -hmm. a little bit in the character. So mm -hmm. he's built that into the role a little bit. Yeah. And it's not so much on the addiction end of things, but right. you can feel that this was the last thing he did before he entered rehab, I think. Okay. I, maybe I maybe I'm being a bit presumptuous here, yeah. but you can see it. He doesn't and he doesn't look like the Affleck from Dawn of Justice. Like he's not. Oh, okay. I'll be able to get that one back. Or anything yeah. like that. He, yeah. he looks a little bloated, but he's yeah. great in the role. Like, nice. Like, that's just being me being maybe a bit perceptive from yeah. <laughs> what I do know about him <laughs> and his personal life. But nonetheless, yeah, great performance by all. And he, he's great in it. Cool, cool. I'll, I'll check that out. It, you know what? It's Live by Night. That's what I was thinking of. Live I by got, Night. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But cool. Yeah, I'll check that out, man. Thanks for that one. All right, my dude. Well, I think it's time that we actually we're gonna do something a little different here because Marvel's had such a big week. We're yeah. gonna kind of move most of the news section towards the end and do a whole Marvel rundown, including the Endgame trailer, Captain Marvel, nice. and James Gunn's reinstatement and all that. Yes. But what we're gonna do here first is we're gonna do the Knight question, the Star Wars Commonwealth Knights of the Commonwealth question of the month, and this comes from Australia from our dude Kigo. Cool. Now, this is a, a really fun question. I've listened to a few guys tackle this or a few podcasts tackle this within the Commonwealth. So we're going to put our own little spin on this and I've got a little something extra to add to it a little later on. But I'm going to read out the question nice. here for those listeners that have not yet heard it. So the question goes, your podcast hosting skills get the attention of Lucasfilm and you land a dream role working in their headquarters in San Francisco. You're given an office overlooking the Yoda Fountain, a six-figure salary, and you'll get to work with some of the greatest creators on the planet. Then, all hell breaks loose. Someone has unearthed a box of long, lost, and forgotten films. It's been discovered that some obscure director from the 30s made nine black-and-white films, and the title of these films are the same as the Star Wars saga film titles. The family of the deceased director are threatening to sue over copyright breach for $1 trillion, and Disney's lawyers realize this will cripple the franchise. The only way to save everything is to rename each episode. Your task on your first day, because you're the only one in the building that isn't panicking, is to rename the Star Wars films and keep the spirit, flavor, and adventure of the old titles. The retention of your cushy new job at Lucasfilm rests on the choices here and now. Don't let fandom down. Small side note, the lawyers have informed you that the words Star and Wars were not used by the old director and can still be used in the titles. Also, Bob Iger doesn't want them to be bland Star Wars titles like Star Wars 1, Star Wars 2, so get creative. See? No swearing or naughty talk. 
that last sentence is for those that listen to Sith the Servers. <laughs> That's a Patreon exclusive from Tumbling Saber, which I would recommend to go check it out. <laughs> it's something else. All right, man. So what we're going to do, we're going to rename every episode, starting oh. with episode one, building right through to episode nine. Nice. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? How do you want to tackle this? You rock it, man. You're, you're the cap here. Let's, let's see what you got. Okay, so I'm going to do one list. Troy's going to do a list. And then I've got kind of a weird twist on it all that nice. relates to what we're going to talk about next in the MCU. <laughs> nice. All right, nice. so I'm just going to – actually, let's do – I'll just do one whole set, and then you can do your whole set. And then cool. we'll, we'll do that. So, again, some of these I'm not maybe as creative as maybe I should have been, but I'm going to go there. So, episode one. I'm not going to say stars every time, but <laughs> episode one, Shroud of Darkness. Ooh. Yes. Episode okay. two. Now, this is probably the one I struggled with the most, and I kind of kind of a cheap title here. Episode two, <laughs> The Clone Wars. <laughs> I was so close to doing that, too. <laughs> like, no effort put into that one. <laughs> so close. I hear you. <laughs> episode three, Ashes of the Republic. Oh. Oh, man. I... I... It got snapped. Okay, yeah. I got that. I got that. <laughs> Episode four, Prophecy of the Force. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Episode five, Dawn of the Jedi. Nice. Yes. Episode yeah. six. And now, caveat on episode six here is when I did compile my list, it was before I listed a Tumbling Saber. So I kept my episode six, but it is probably, I think it's the same as Carlos's, and that's the Battle of Endor. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. I believe nice he one. did say that. So... Kind of a cop out a bit, but I didn't have anything else. <laughs> All right, moving into the sequel trilogy, episode number seven, A Spark of Light. Nice. Yes. Nice. Okay, Spark of Light. Nice. Episode eight, Rise of the Rebellion. Episode Rise of the Rebellion. Yeah, man. Okay, cool. Not the Resistance, cool, cool. the Rebellion, specifically cool. the Rebellion. Okay, And episode yeah. nine, Legacy of the Force. Ah, nice. Well done. So that wow. is my list of episodes one through nine, changing those titles. I think my favorite is probably Ashes of the Republic. Love that. Yeah, yeah. man. And I, that's, I, that's episode three, right? Yeah, episode three. Yeah, Yeah, that's dope. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. I like it because nice. it speaks to the Ashes kind of Anakin and the yeah. Death of the Republic and all that. That's right. And that's I right. think Legacy of the Force is, a, a, in my personal opinion, is a contender for the actual title of episode nine. For sure, it's a nice send off to wrap up the whole franchise. Yeah, man. exactly. I feel and that. It's kind of a nice way to cap it, but the word legacy mm -hmm. in itself instills this idea of it will carry on, right? Right. So yeah. that's that's kind of what I like. That's cool. That's cool. Well, right, send off for the Skywalkers. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, going at it. Episode one: Star Wars: Curse of the Force. That's Ooh. what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm rolling with because. It, I'm not going to go into every details, but I just I kind of thought of that because when it's all said and done, if you finished episode six, I would have never gone there. But now seeing where it looks kind of gone. Yeah. The force is kind of in a curse in a sense. So like that's it. why I picked up there. Yeah. Um, episode two, Star Wars, Dawn of Dawn of Extinction. Can't even Ooh. say my title. Dawn of Extinction. <laughs> Dawn of Extinction. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> That's my title, if I could ever say it. I like it. Um, yeah. Dawn of Extinction. Um, my uh, my third one here is Star Wars: Fall of the Jedi. Ooh, yes. Yeah. That's that's where I'm going with that one. Episode four, Star Wars, A New Dawn. So I just totally jacked it from the novel, actually. But <laughs> I, I just thought this kind of fits. <laughs> it does too. I like that because it gives you the imagery of the twin suns as well, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, episode five, Star Wars: Wrath of the Empire. Oh, I do. So like I still kind of want to touch on that Empire Strikes Back. I want them to have that victory title. 
um episode six star wars the last battle pretty Ooh. simple but i felt like it's obviously the last battle between luke and vader but it's also vader's final battle with himself eternally yeah. so oh i like that. that i like that yeah man um Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force of Destiny. So it's very close to like the animated little anthology yeah. <laughs> series. I really like um, The Force Awakens. I just really think that's a great title. It is awesome so, title. Yeah, and then my uh, third, or sorry, Episode Eight here. I did do Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance, but then when you made it like the Rebellion, I'm like, yeah, that totally makes more sense. <laughs> no way. So I might have to jack yours. That makes a lot more sense. Rise of Rebellion. Um, and then episode nine, I did Star Wars, uh, what is it? Star Wars Fall of the Order. Fall, Fall of the Order. Order. Sorry. Fall yeah, in Fall Order? Order? Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. 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 yeah that's that's another good contender for the yeah. actual name. Right, right. It has so many built-in meanings to it, right? Follow exactly. the order. Is it the Jedi Order? Is it the First Order? Like, exactly. I love that right. title. Totally close the door on the whole thing, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Oh, that's a fun question. Shoot. Yeah. I really like that. ton wow. of fun. I had a lot of fun. I did this the first pass a couple weeks ago when the first yeah. question came out. But then I was sitting down. I was like, okay, I got to put I got to put the nerd room spin on this. And so what I did was I, I jacked any MCU title that has like a colon something. Nice. And associated it directly with an episode title. So I've taken basically all the Cap stuff, yeah. the Thor stuff, Avenger stuff, and I've associated that with the theme of the film, or at least what I thought was. So, oh. so to be episode one, the winter yeah. soldier. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Not maybe more appropriate for episode five, but I, I was kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more of this, the singularity of, of the individual, like the right. kind of like the Darth Maul type thing. Nice. Episode two, of course, the civil war. <laughs> yeah, man. Like episode that. three, Ragnarok. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Episode four. This one's this is kind of a bit funny. The first Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Episode five. The Dark World. The dark. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Episode six. Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Episode cool. seven. Far from home. Oh, nice. Yeah, got Spidey in there. I like it. <laughs> Episode eight. Endgame. <laughs> I'm yeah. running out of titles here. <laughs> and episode nine, Homecoming. <laughs> there we go. I was going to meet you there with that one. I was like, come on, give it to me. Nice. Nice. So at that point, I ran out of titles instead of, except for Age of Ultron. So <laughs> I thought it was just a kind of a fun pass to take some MCU colon titles yeah, and, and yeah. drop them in. Winter Soldier, probably better for episode five. But then that left me with Dark World for episode one, which maybe would have fit so maybe swapping those two titles around makes a bit more sense but i it's funny because going through them they all kind of capture the base essence of the films not not exactly but in a roundabout way they kind of do <laughs> they work man. i'm digging that's cool nice twist nice twist. yeah <laughs> all right kigo well really appreciate the question this was a ton of fun i think it's been passed on to bradley i believe so we'll be tackle on that next month at some point here and if you are interested in something that's maybe a little darker head over to tumbling saber and their patreon exclusive feed kegels dropped some fanfic into that that kyle has read and it is subicy so it's uh that's where the no swears no naughty talk comes in from the end of the question so go over and check that stuff out for some really interesting adult only content lots of fun over on sith disturbers nice nice well you know it's it's been quite a week we we came off the back end last week of, of captain marvel and 
I was fully invested in everything MCU. But then my life changed again with this Endgame trailer. I spent the last few weeks doing a lot of Star Wars figure hunting, doing some crazy stuff with regards to that universe. And then all of a sudden, it's just laser focus on the MCU. Boom. It's been something else. And even today, the news that broke with regards to the Fox deal closing with Disney. So this is anticipated as we record on Tuesday here at 12.01 on Wednesday morning. That deal is done. And Fox is officially part of Disney, which means the Fantastic Four and X-Men are officially part of the MCU. Which is crazy. crazy. It's it's unbelievable that we're going to get those characters at some point down the road completely integrated into the MCU, along with all the characters we have and Spider-Man. Like, yeah. Think 10 years ago, that was never, ever going to happen. No. And here we are in this new <laughs> world. It's it's crazy. It's it's bananas, man. Uh, Disney is just taking the whole world by storm. It's 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 really crazy. But yeah, I'm with you. The the news for me was um, James Gunn. Yeah, that that was for a quick second. Like, is this April Fool's joke? I gotta give a shout out to my cousin, uh, Audio Rebellion. Yeah. he messaged me. I was like, oh no way. And then I'm like, you're the Guardians of the Galaxy, dude. I didn't even message you. I called you right away, and I was like, "Dude, like, is this real?" Because I know, like, you can go in there, you can do the whole fact checking. Because I was actually on the road, so I didn't have time to actually dig in. And then you're like, showed me back. You're like, "Dude, it's for real." And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, this is crazy." James Gunn is back, so best of both worlds. All nerdum can chill out and be happy because we got Suicide Squad two, which I'm really excited for now, especially yeah. with that Idris Elba uh, rumor right here. And then as well, we're going back to Guardians of the Galaxy three. Drax is going to be like happy again, yes. and uh, I'm happy, so everyone's happy, and it's great. Yeah, this this whole James Gunn thing, and it's kind of, it threw me for a loop because I was fully reserved to the idea that he was never coming back to this franchise. It was done, dusted. Alan Horn, the president of, one of the presidents there at Disney, had basically said, yeah, he's never coming back. They doubled down numerous times on that idea that he's not coming back. Mm -hmm. And getting that call from you, I was half asleep. And you're like, (laughs) is James Gunn back? And I was like, What? (laughs) And the report was initially dumped by Deadline, which is a very reliable source. Yeah. And then I scooted over to James Gunn Twitter feed, and he hasn't tweeted since August of wow. last year, right before San... Oh, no, maybe it was July. Because it was right before San Diego Comic-Con, I believe. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing happened, and he hadn't tweeted since. He kind of tweeted that whole explanation of everything. Right. And I, I we can't condone what he did or said, right, but this is... I think looking at second chances and redemption for an individual and identifying that people can change. Yeah. When you look at some of the the written work that was done by Deadline on this issue, it was all about Gunn's public apology, him just really having and advocating for this idea that the jokes that he made were very inappropriate in a time when he was trying to be something else. He was right. trying to be a provocateur using that as a, a, as a way to poke at things. And that's not the right way to do things. And he acknowledges that these are a decade old and yeah, like I said, we can't condone them, but people do change. And the amount of support we saw from the cast, from fellow directors like Taika Waititi, Scott yeah. Derrickson, Peyton Reed, these right. are very well-respected people that put their, their careers to a degree or their reputation on the line to support this guy. Sure. And I think it is good that we are living in a world where we're seeing this, this whole idea of, of social media and that you being used as a weapon that the, 
big companies like Disney and Marvel pulling back from that, right? That's that's a huge step for all of this. Mm-hmm. That that's not going to be the controlling and the decision making piece of everyone's yeah. life. Yes, mm-hmm. the internet is forever. We have a hundred plus hundred and well, you count all the other stuff we've done, like two hundred episodes of discussion online, and yeah, that that's forever. Like that's never yeah. leaving. And so being conscious of that is important. But this idea of of just base redemption, uh, you know, I'm 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 excited about this. James Gunn, he's produced some great stuff in the Guardians universe. He, I think, has a really great plan for the go forward for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. The whole cosmic end, I hope, picks up again. We got some teases from Captain Marvel. I'm hoping he can influence that franchise a little bit. Yes. So it's it's very it's it's very welcoming. I think. Mm-hmm. That a company of Disney's size, especially with how careful they are with association with certain things, right? The fact yeah. that they won't put a rated R thing with a Disney tag on it, or you know what I mean? Like they're very mm-hmm. careful with their public image being right. a family friendly thing. And right. them to just walk back this after doubling down numerous times right. it is quite a change. For and sure. I think that's why we're all so shocked about it. It really is. Do you think now, I mean, obviously this deal, we're just hearing it pretty fresh. This deal must have happened, I'm guessing, at least within the month, yeah. maybe even two. I mean, this is this must have been going on in the background for a while. But um, do you think this is, they're kind of in, you know, shambles looking for a director. Were they even bothered to really look for a director for this one? Or was this more of like a wait game to see going forward? Like, do they want to stick with, like, because for instance, Taika Waititi was like, I think he came out maybe even within a month ago saying like, I'm staying away from it. Yeah. I don't want to step in. So do you think Disney was just in the spot where it's like, how are we going to replace James Gunn? I think that probably factored into the idea of it. And mm. there's there's got to be some look back on how they reacted so quickly to it. Yeah. And yeah. coming back from that and learning a lesson there. Could they have found someone to execute this? Maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got a built-in money grab to a degree right you the movie could be garbage but you'd still make money and we don't want that and feige i don't think would allow that to happen yeah but we don't want someone to come in and execute right and so having a guy like james gunn back in the universe i think it's even beyond the guardians i think they're looking wider scope with this guy because you remember when we talked a year or two ago him and feige we're planning out the cosmic end of all this and where right. they can go next with Captain mm-hmm. Marvel, with all the seeds they planted there. And so it's got to be more than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because even a couple of weeks ago, Feige said, that's not our priority right now. Right. Realistically, they didn't have to make another Guardians film. Yeah, that's you know, true. It's, 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 a, it's a very valuable franchise to them, but this thing could have sat for five years before they decided to do anything with it. And for them yeah. to take on James Gunn's other commitments that he made in the downtime and say, yeah, sure. You make suicide squad first, do your thing. Then you come to us. There's no demands there about you coming back and dropping suicide squad or doing it after or anything like that. They were very accommodating for his return. So to me that that's, that's a huge sidestep right from where they were at a month two, three months ago. For sure. For sure. And I think to your point and the question that you asked there, yeah, I think they wanted him back for this film to complete this this trilogy but there's something bigger there well because they mentioned the internals too so yeah. i wonder if james gunn has some kind of hand in there too i mean he, like you mentioned before he's the cosmic guy and i mean who better to kind of run that ship than james gunn himself when yeah. it comes to the eternals and all that kind of stuff nova the nova core all that kind of stuff 
I'm sure he has to have his hands in it. Oh, definitely. And like, again, to the idea, Taika Waititi and all these guys, I know Adam McKay, who had a hand in Ant-Man picking up that, the shambles of that from when, right. what's his name left? And Peyton Reed eventually picked up the director's chair, but Adam McKay had been contributing to the script. He was mm-hmm. rumored for that. But most of these guys said, yeah, sorry, not for us. Right. And it might have been a lot of that where a lot of people just said, yeah, sorry, Disney, we're not taking, no one's touching this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the best tweet coming out of this in support of James Gunn with the, the reinstatement was Taika Waititi. He tweeted, he quoted either, I think, the deadline report or whatever. He said, what the hell? I thought I was doing this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So it, it's it's really nice. And there was another tweet or a, a thread that happened a couple of months ago where someone had asked if Taika Waititi was doing Guardians, actually asked him on Twitter and he said, no, I'm not doing it, but I know a great guy, a, kind of an unknown director. His name okay. is at James Gunn that can do that. Right. And then Peyton Reed and Scott Derrickson hopped onto the thread and were like, yeah, I don't know if Taika could do it, but this new guy that we've heard of James Gunn could probably do a really good job in volume three. So oh, they've been very vocally okay. supportive. The directors that are really now heavily invested in the MCU, looking at a guy like Scott Derrickson who does uh, Doctor Strange stuff, Peyton Reed, who's very heavily invested into the Ant-Man universe. Yes. It's it's all that support. So it, it's nice to see. You know, we may, mm-hmm. maybe we'll get some backlash from people saying that we shouldn't be supporting James Gunn, but mm-hmm. I'm supportive of the redemption arc and yep. second chances and people learning from their mistakes. That's the only way we're going to evolve as a society is if people yep. learn from their mistakes. Things that you did 10 years ago probably don't agree with your current moral compass, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think we're all in in the space of, yeah, we're good people, but you do stupid stuff sometimes. Yeah. And that that's what this is, and that's what they show is that, that you can come back from certain things. For sure, for sure. Redemption stories, man. Exactly. Now, you right. mentioned, too, and we mentioned this Suicide Squad 2 stuff. Yes. So he is going to be shooting this, writing, directing this, prior to coming back to the MCU and completing out this trilogy, which I think is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that we're going to get two wacky, obscure team-up films from the same director in two different universes. Now, there's always been that threat that they will be very similar. Right. But he's going to be very aware of that. And I think sure. it's exciting. They're calling this a total reboot of yeah. this franchise now. You mentioned Elba to replace Will Smith. Come yeah. on. That's, that's huge. I, I mean, Ed, uh, Elba to me would be the first pick. Yeah. For me, any day I'd rather have Elba over Will Smith any day. And I think what that guy can bring to the character of this dead shot is just going to be incredible. I think he's a fantastic actor and can really just transform into the role. I'm really excited for this whole new suicide squad movie of what they got going on there. I just, yeah, I've never been the biggest guy for the, for that kind of franchise of uh, suicide squad, but uh, man, you got uh, talent like James Gunn and then the talent that he's recruiting. It's already looking like a better cast than what we had in the first film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had talked, Sanjay and I, a couple weeks ago about this idea of The Suicide Squad and Will Smith not signing back on or con- mm-hmm. scheduling conflicts, whatever right. it was. And the spirit of Suicide Squad did allow for that, where mm-hmm. Smith could be absent from one film and present in another, and you don't yeah. have to really worry about too much. You lose a bit of a draw, but no mm-hmm. big deal. But this idea of it being a complete reboot and then replacing Smith on this... Right. tells you that they are going full bore, that we're redoing all of this. We may see Margot Robbie continue in that role. Yeah. But beyond that, we're going to probably see an entirely different cast, which likely will include Dave Batista. <laughs> yeah, as Bane, as yeah. Sanjay mentioned. <laughs> the most supportive 
friend of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy gave up his sweet payday to go out in opposition to Disney, which is was crazy to watch. Ballsy, yeah. But is yeah, this is yeah. this is exciting news is that yeah. we got volume three back on track and we're getting the Suicide Squad in some form before we get that. So Gunn's going to yeah. be a very busy guy in the future. Yeah. Gunn's blazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about Captain Marvel here. Like I said, we did a review last week. So if you haven't checked that out, Go check that out after you finish off this episode. But I want to give Troy an opportunity here to give a spoiler review, whatever you want to call it, quick discussion. But we're going to put the spoiler tag on it right now. This will probably be a five-minute segment or something. So if you guys haven't seen Captain Marvel, just jump ahead about five minutes so you avoid those spoilers. And then when you're done, you can come back or check out a review from last week. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the box office because this thing has gone higher, further, faster at the (laughs) box office. It's awesome. But let me hear your thoughts on Captain Marvel overall, what you thought, some of the highlights from you. And if you have a couple of lowlights, toss them out onto the table. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, first of all, I got to say you guys did an incredible job again with that review. And I agree with a lot of what you guys said. Um, I did go in with uh, the Han Solo expectations. So I did lower my expectations with this film just because I felt like the marketing, the the success of this movie is incredible for sure. But I really do feel like with better marketing, this film could have even been that much bigger because a lot of people are iffy on what we saw uh, with the marketing and the trailers. But uh, going into this film is actually great, man. The theater was packed. And I got to say quickly, when I went to see this film, I was totally engaged, ready to go. And um, dude in the back just yelled out, Wakanda forever. And I, <laughs> the whole crowd just burst into laughter. Like, is this guy serious right now? It was the funniest thing. Um, I just <laughs> had to mention that because it, it just took me right on my seat. But um, the film was great. I love the montage going on with the Marvel and it's Stan the Man that we see oh, forming the Marvel logo before us. That's that's great. And his his little cameo there too on the on the C train. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Carol began pretty wooden still for me though in this film, which was, you know, whatever. Nothing to do with uh Brie Larson's performance or her acting ability, because I know what she can do. I really feel like it was the fault of the writers and the uh directors. Yeah. The film itself feels like to me like a phase one mm-hmm. film. And apart from that, um, the action sequences, too, were a little forgettable for me. But I start to fall in love with the character of this Captain Marvel towards the end of the film. The third act, to me, is where they wrap it up in high gear. The costume looked great. I really did like her action sequence in space when she just went Super Saiyan, like, 10 and just went (laughs) off. It was was awesome. To see how powerful she is 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 really cool. Um, I feel Brie Larson's chemistry with everybody is really really good um her working with samuel jackson throughout the film was fantastic it's my favorite samuel jackson performance of that character i've seen thus far in the mc 100 agree right he's a lot of fun uh, i loved seeing him or uh, sorry loved seeing brie larson with um her best friend um maria rambo rambo yeah which is cool and then we got the daughter obviously who's gonna who was actually the original well the second original captain yes. marvel at one point during the whole secret wars era which was great um goose the cat was pretty cool was yeah a bit goose? weird yeah it's goose yeah it, it was interesting um well, the cat work is very venom like actually yes it was we kind of <laughs> operated um i gotta say though man ben middleson talos is a standout he was so good in this film the subtleties of what this character was doing you didn't know if he was meant to be funny or not but i was laughing anyways yeah. and, I, and it worked i i don't know 
if they hired different writers to do his stuff. But I thought he was like a genius. Just he was just killing it because I'm so used to seeing his play, uh, Ready Player One or his uh, Krennic yeah. kind of character. But here he totally changed it on a different kind of scale. So I thought Talos is great. And they really made you feel, at least for me, feel for the scrolls. Because being a, a comic reader, I've always been against the scrolls. I've always been more of a creep person than the scrolls. And to see the scrolls struggle and where they're coming from, I was like, nice. I, I really like what they did. The did movie that blindside had a you? The which one, sorry? Did that blindside you? That whole twist? Completely. Yeah. Completely. Which was great. Because I, I, if I didn't get that twist, it would have been a very predictable film. I like that twist a lot. I appreciate that twist. Um, didn't care. I think I mentioned to you before this, the intelligence the um supreme intelligence supreme intelligence didn't necessarily work for me too too much didn't care too much for um jude law's character he didn't have a whole lot to do didn't have a whole lot to do no, no and the whole supreme intelligence was uh, to me an exposition tool a way to explain yeah. things basically basically but i um i like the little introduction of like the scrolls interrogating her mind and then doing the whole rewind yeah. switcheroo and i thought okay we're going to get like a memento kind of movie where we're going like getting flashbacks and going forward fortunately it didn't really do that but um all in all it, it is actually a really fun film it's not the best mcu film but i what it did the best job of doing is having me um, invest in the character of Carol Danvers. Like, I can't wait to see what she's going to do in Endgame. I honestly like to see her um, directed and written by like other writers and directors going forward. But all in all, the cast is great. Um, special effects looked really good too on Samuel Jackson. The de aging on him was like that's the kind of stuff where it wins the Oscars, where it's just like it's seamless. Like, you wouldn't even know. No, you, you think you walk off the set of Pulp Fiction straight into this movie. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was nuts. And I loved, loved the after credit scene. Like that right there, I'm just like, oh, give it to me, you know? And then we see her obviously in the Endgame trailer now, and I'm just like, give me more Cat Marvel. Yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I had an opportunity to go see it for a second time this past yes. weekend. And one of the things in the review I said that this thing begs for a rewatch. And right, I tell right. you, I'm going to use this slogan again because I, I love it, is higher, yeah. further, faster, baby. Because, man, <laughs> it... To me, the second go around mm -hmm. was way better. I, I enjoyed nice. it the first go around, but I did have yeah. my small nitpicks here and there. Right. This knowing everything coming, even Ronan being in it very minimally. Mm -hmm. To me, the second go around, oh, is it a? It's a good film. It's it's bumped. It's bumping up in my ranking. Nice. It, nice. It's it's a it's good good film. And yeah. I really recommend a second viewing on it because okay. sometimes I think we're so invested in this universe and we have these like preconceived notions about what things are going to be. And mm -hmm. so you find yourself, I find like almost pacing my way through the film, being like, okay, what's going to happen next? Instead of just right. sitting there. And I got to train myself a bit better to do that because yeah, the second go around. Whew, yeah. It's a, it's a good nice. film. Well executed, but I agree with what you said there. And I, my review doesn't change fundamentally from what i said is that yeah i very similar issues ups and downs highs and lows as, as you just stated there from the review last week my one right. thing that i thought quite a bit about and i threw this to the our dm there i think they should use the power stone instead of the the tesseract the space yes. stone yes because to time. me that, that has a more fundamental connection to the creed to the cosmic end of things and in essence, too, I think her power set makes more sense coming from the power stone instead of the space stone. Space stone is generally in the MCU has been used for transportation. You see Loki right. use it. Thanos use it. The Chitauri use it. 
where the power stone is just essentially power. We see it in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. There's a direct link to Ronan there. And just tweaking yeah. some of his lines at the end of the film, like we need to get that that power. And yeah. that, to me, sets off why Korath is chasing it, why Ronan is chasing it yeah. later on. And then that leaves you with this whole idea of why did Captain Marvel store this stone in this one place inside of this orb? It, it conjures a whole bunch of really cool ideas that is a very simple twist for me. And then you don't have to intimately link this film, I don't think, to the Tesseract. I felt that that was a little, and I said this in the review, for me that was a little bit, okay, well, yeah, we've used the Tesseract quite a few times. There's a whole bunch of other stones. I'm cool connecting to the whole Infinity Arc. But the Power Stone just has a more intimate connection to that or more organic connection to sure. that side of the universe. And that was just my one thought coming out. I was like, ah, oh, the power stone would have made more sense. Yay. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you completely. Um, Got to ask this. I think this was probably on everyone's mind seeing the film. And um, I'm, I'm sure you heard Kevin Feige's thoughts. But what did you think of the whole Avengers 1 2012 um, aliens are invading? You don't page Captain Marvel. And his answer was... Well, how do you know we didn't? How do you know they didn't? Or um, what was the other excuse? There's there's two reasons he gave. Yeah. But anyways, what did you think of that? You know, and it's funny because we didn't actually really touch on that last week. <clears throat> I'm, it, It's a bit of a, a loophole, I think. <clears throat> it's a bit of retconning that maybe they have to do at some point, a throwaway line, why he didn't call Captain right. Marvel. Because to yeah. me, that that's an emergency. The only way I've kind of explained around in my head is that he's assembled this team. Mm-hmm. And the alien invasion actually doesn't happen until the team is assembled. Right. So right. he probably felt secure enough that, okay, I've got my team. I've got the Avengers initiative. Yeah. I'm okay to fight this battle right. without Captain right. Marvel. Right. So I can explain that away in my head, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't bother me so much. I mean, it's, because I think that's everyone's kind of question even when you saw the pager, because we always had the hype of like how powerful Captain Marvel is. So I think at least for me, the expectations were like, they're really going to dive in and explain why she wasn't there. But you know, when I got it, I was like, whatever it is, what it is. It's a comic book movie. And we're always going to get that right. The world of Marvel, the world of DC, there's always so many battles going on where you're always gonna be like, well, why wasn't Thor there when yeah, this exactly. took place? Right. So it's just, it's just something you just don't lose well, sleep over. Right. And the only thing that, that again, gets you thinking a little bit about if they had to swap the test rack with the power stone is right. that, the Tesseract begins acting up. Who's probably the first, per- first person you call? Carol Danvers, the one yeah. with the most experience with it, right? Good call. So if you yeah. had to swap those, then you you move away from that. Like That's right. If the, to me, if the Tesseract is, is doing something funny, Loki pops out of it, to me, you get on the horn of Captain Marvel and be like, look, this thing you got your powers from that you've held before, <laughs> that you helped me fight for 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was, Yeah, yeah it's acting real strange right now. You're probably going to be pissed when you come back because I've made weapons out of it. <laughs> but nonetheless, so yeah, there's a bit of retconning that you probably yeah. have to do more headcanon stuff to get yeah. around that. But it doesn't bother me so much. No. The question I would have to say that bothers me more is how does Nick Fury know that that's the emergency to call her? Like I know he's seen people fade away. Exactly. But it's not like he knew this was a global thing. So I don't know. Headcanon is what it is, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, you know, with regards to Captain Marvel, this thing continued to steamroll the box office. That $153 million opening, huge opening. We saw it deliver another $67 million at the box office, the domestic box office this weekend. And that puts it at 
over 250, 264 million dollars domestically, which wow. puts it ahead of Doctor Strange's Winter Soldier, Ant Man and the Wasp, all of the Phase One films, with the exception of Iron Man Two and Iron Man. It puts it in front of all those within two weeks. This thing is going to likely outgross Ragnarok, Iron Man One. It's probably going to creep really close to Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy. That three hundred plus million dollars that right. maintains this momentum. And this thing's going to crawl towards a billion dollars. We're yeah. already at $760 million, and I think it did click over the $800 million mark globally this past, as we're recording. So wow. it's it's marching its way towards a billion dollar film within the first three weeks or so, which is enormous. At that $800 million mark, it's already the 10th highest global grocer in the MCU. That's crazy, and and I mean, and the most impressive factor too is that this character came in the MCU world out of nowhere. She had no film that we nope. previously saw her in, unlike every other character we've seen in the MCU. So, um, yeah, take that, trolls. I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's great news, though. Um, it, it's fantastic what uh, the MCU, what the Disney machine can really do and produce year by year. What they're coming up with here. So, um, man, incredible stuff. Well, the fact that it continues to deliver with this yeah. type of momentum behind it yeah. as we build into Endgame, and I think you made a really good point there, this being a character that no one has any idea about, we're right. now down into your B-list characters from the comic books. right? Now, Iron Man was no different at that yeah. time, but it, it goes to show yeah. you how much weight goes into Marvel, the MCU when it comes to the common yep. movie goer, people come out in droves to see these films and, yep. you know, first female led superhero. We've got some familiarity with, with Sam Jackson in there. It's a new and different type of story that they're telling. It deserves this. I love to see these things succeed this way because this guarantees us a captain Marvel too. Yes. And it makes me that much more excited for her in Endgame because we know she's coming. We've now oh, seen man. her in the trailer. She's on this first poster. Right. This is this is a big thing to have these films laid out in this way and to get Captain Marvel. This this yeah. real treat of a film as we're moving into Endgame here, and now their marketing machine is rolling and starting to yes. show us a little bit more. Those toy leaks we've been seeing yes. them for months. We're seeing things from that. They've got Captain Marvel interacting with Thor here. Black Widow, she's on the poster. Yeah. This is like the way that this is marketed is just brilliant. Yeah, man, it, it really is. It's it's just gonna be so cool because, like I said, one of my my biggest um, compliments I can give this film is how well the chemistry they captured. At least I believe so in Captain Marvel. And now to see her interact with Thor, Cap, Iron Man, yeah. Black Widow. It's it's going to be incredible. I just can't wait to see it. I really can't wait to see it, especially because you know even the current uh, run of Avengers, Captain Marvel's um, pretty big on that team right now, and it's just going to be really cool. You know, just kind of having that synergy of the MCU and the comic book worlds. Oh, I definitely totally down for it. Oh, yeah. It's it's something else. Now let's let's get into this End Game trailer. Yes. But first, yes. we, they dropped a poster on us out of nowhere to start this off, right. and this should have been our first real indication that something was coming. Because I saw this poster pop up, and I didn't really think much of it. I thought, yeah, cool, Captain Marvel's out. They can show her on the poster and all that. And then, boom, here comes this trailer. Yeah. Like, out of blindsiding us. But what did you think of this poster? This is fairly 
you know, it's 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 par for the course with regards to MCU Star Wars type of photoshopping of a bunch of heads onto a poster here. But mm-hmm. what what's your thoughts here? There's a bit of controversy around it. Yes, it, so it, I've heard. Yes, it didn't have Deny Guerrera's name on the poster. The only one on the poster that didn't have her name at the top there with with this huge cast. And so there was a bit of pushback from fandom on that, but Marvel came back right away and said, "Yeah, this we sh- this was a mistake," and put her name right on there, yeah. like instantly. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, I like this poster a lot. I really like this poster a lot. If I could take anything away from it, it feels a little too. Or not even feels. It looks a little too. Infinity War, like like the color yeah. schemes are like the exact same. Where you know that kind of makes you fall back to that whole discussion beforehand where it's like infinity war is going to be into two parts well like you see a post like this you actually believe so because this this literally looks like this could be on the opposite side of the blu-ray when you open it up um (laughs) but apart apart from that man like again going back to carol danvers captain marvel looks dope in this poster i that's the look i like i know it's very subtle the difference from how she looks in this poster as opposed to a movie but that hair that's going on there is just yeah. it, it works for me Slightly steve roger suit. yeah yeah the, yeah the suit your boy capital oh. man with the scale mail going on looking heroic as f here it's it's crazy he's man. got like, the shield back in his hand the shield ah that's that's steve rogers right there thor still rocking um the look with the you know the short hair which is to be expected and we've seen it in the trailer obviously I also wish, though, because at this point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, everybody knows who all these heroes are. Do we really need to have all the heroes without their masks? Like, I, I really could have done with Iron Man having yeah. the full-on Iron Man helmet on. Cap doesn't really need to have the Cap mask on, but I, I really wish Iron Man just had the full-on mask. It's a little nitpick, but I just feel this far established in the MCU, we know who everybody is. Just We know it's Robert Downey Jr. Just, just throw on the helmets, throw on the masks. But other than that, man nailed this poster this is this is this is fantastic and of course thanos in the background oh yeah just, just, it's very just, dark vader like it is very much yeah. so just looming there i love the color scheme very yeah. cosmic end of things i agree i'm looking at i just put up an infinity war poster back in the nerd room here yes. and yeah the color scheme is identical <laughs> yeah. you know and it's also got a, a nice hue of captain marvel in the color scheme as well right like there's there's a, definitely a parallel there or at least a lead yeah. into with that whole cosmic idea and that Guardians-esque brighter colors, purples, pinks integrated into all of this, right. which is different from what we saw in Age of Ultron, which was very red, black, and white. And even going back yeah. to the first Avengers, which was dark blue. Yeah. That that was your key focus on here. And right. yeah, they're selling the actors here with regards to the poster. I'm yeah. cool with it. Mm-hmm. The poster, to me, I'm going to read into it a whole bunch. Yeah. But when we've been talking about Endgame being the swan song of definitely Captain Marvel, not Captain Marvel, sorry, Captain America, as well as Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, I think this is t- like these are your focal points, right? Thanos sure. is in the background. It's that, right. to me, it's telling you something here that this yeah. character like isn't going to be the same prominently focused villain that we got in Infinity War. It's gonna be he's gonna be in the background. This is about something different. And yep. there's a story within this, the same way there's a story within this trailer. They're trying to allude to something without giving away what the actual plot of the story is. Exactly. And I think that's brilliant. Now, one thing I want to ask you before we get into this trailer breakdown, I threw a poll up here on Twitter this past weekend. Yeah. And the question was, what is slash was the most anticipated film of all time? 
and I put Avengers Endgame, The Phantom Menace, or The Force Awakens. Now, the idea behind this was that I had watched the Avengers Endgame trailer like 35 times, and I'm thinking, is this the most anticipated I've ever been for a film? Is this the most excited I've ever been for a film? My wife's asked me a few times, like, what are you more excited for, Episode Nine or Endgame? What are you more excited for? What have you been the most excited for? And that got me thinking, okay, let's let's ask some people. And it got a fairly good response. It got over 650 votes on it. And there is some some comments inside of of the actual Twitter thread there with regards to, oh, Twitter's going to lean kind of quite heavily on the Marvel side of things, younger generation. I'm asking people to to split the idea of anticipation between multiple generations and all very fair points. Right. But interestingly enough, the results here have The Force Awakens winning with The Phantom Menace in a close second and an endgame yeah. in a also close third. This yeah. almost split the vote in thirds with The Force That's Awakens crazy. coming just out on top and The Phantom Menace just behind that. So it's interesting to see Star Wars. And you and I, we all had discussions about this online, about yeah. The Phantom Menace was likely the clear winner when you look at this from an absence a, a starting a, a film franchise off the back end of a humongous story and going back to the roots of what inevitably is Anakin's story. So yeah, it was interesting just to see the reaction to all that because this, this end game thing it's, it's done something I've had like this really deep visceral reaction to everything that they've done with this trailer, like this emotional reaction. Like I shouldn't as a 30 plus year old man, like I shouldn't be, <laughs> feeling this way about a film but i don't remember having these same feelings for even the force awakens that was a crazy year 2000 was yeah. nuts to build into that man is man but oh. i don't know if i'm having the same emotional reaction that i am for endgame because the force awakens and even the phantom menace it was the beginning of something yeah man this is the end of something like how are you feeling about anticipation for endgame just Coming off of this trailer, the posters, Captain Marvel, everything that's going yeah. on, like how are you feeling about this going into, you know, less than a month away or just over just over a month away? Oh, super, super excited, of course. I mean, you and I, man, we walked out of uh Infinity War just goosebumps. You know, it was you know, we were doing the whole Tom Holland with the hat with the hair raising off of our forearms mm. because it was uh it was crazy. It's it was absolutely good. crazy. It it was that good. I, I watched this film it's up there. God knows how many times I watch this film, but it's, it's always on my phone. Um, most anticipated though. I don't know. You know, the force awakens was like no other for me because yeah. star Wars has done it twice now, right? Where they gave us episode six, return of the Jedi. And we we're all to believe that was it. We we're never going to see these characters again. We'd only imagine what Anakin's uh, journey was to becoming Darth Vader, but we, we were pretty sure the door was closed. And then they hit us again, you know, 99 there with the Phantom Menace. <laughs> and me being a little kid, I was just exploding inside of excitement of what is, what's the story going to be? That's the Phantom Menace to me is what made me fall in love with the idea of prequels. This yeah. idea of learning who this character is before they became, you know, the character we all know. So for that, for me, it'll for always be the Phantom Menace because we didn't have um, the success of these superhero films as we do today. Like we had Batman Forever, you know. Like that's what we kind of had. We didn't have all these other cool superheroic sci-fi fantasy films. Star Wars was the end-all, be-all. And so when you find out they're going back in time to tell that that story, for me, I'm just locked into that. Um, going forward now, 
Star Star Wars was over, and we hear that Disney bought what 2012. 12, I think. Yeah. We hear, you know, and then you and I met up, and you're 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 basically reawakening the force in me because I was kind of done with Star Wars, and here I am now getting all giddy. I'm buying Black Series, you know, I'm getting back into it, and the Force Awakens drops, and I'm watching it with a, a full crew of people that love this film franchise, and I I gotta say, man, that was number two for me like that experience was crazy it's the, seeing the force awakens 2015 in the build because yeah. that's when we started to really hang out a lot and yeah. had like going on the toy runs force yes. friday yeah. Force friday was bonkers it, it was uh, that, crazy that that year was my biggest collecting year and will probably be my biggest collecting year ever i yes. bought anything and everything i could get my hands on yeah. With regards to the Force Awakens, <laughs> like all that Disney Elite series, the Black series hit yeah. in a hard way, uh, magazines, posters, anything. And so the books, Endgame right? will all that will, stuff. will never, yeah, the books, because that was a huge yeah. thing that started coming out then too. The right. Endgame is not going to have that same all encompassing anticipation. Like the mm-hmm. figures won't be the same way. You are going to have the the fandom swirling around you and that that yeah. palpable anticipation from common moviegoers like when i went to the force awakens i had people at work saying yo we're, we're re-watching the star, star wars we're watching everything yes. with my family and i'm like these guys have never even expressed an interest in anything <laughs> related to this world and here they are yeah. doing binge watching of star you're not going to get people yeah. doing in the same capacity the binge watching of the mcu but right it's it's to me for for endgame it's the finality of it all Yes. It's 22 films this will be. It's 10 years of invested time. And the thing Kyle actually over time Sarah pointed out, there's never been a break for Marvel. We, it's always been Good at point. our fingertips. Good and so point, we've never yeah. had that separation that we had with Star Wars. And that allows, it's that whole idea of, you know, absence makes a heart grow fonder. We've never had mm-hmm. that absence of Marvel, of the MCU. And so it's been right. this constant build. But for me, it's just the end of all of this right this is yes we've had this continuation and and feige dubbed it the infinity saga yeah so we've had this ongoing story arc and this investment this personal investment to a degree in these characters and the characters the actors themselves have that same investment right yes we've seen characters appear by the same actor what some in some cases like eight nine times like it's it's insane and so my anticipation for this film, for the story, is super high. But as a franchise, I'd have to agree with you. It's Phantom Menace and Force Awakens. Like, mm-hmm. Star Wars takes that as a franchise. Mm-hmm. But this film, it's it's something else. Now, the, the, this whole trailer, like I said, it kind of came out of nowhere, blindsided us. Yeah. And like I said, I had this, like, really visceral reaction to it, like, in the pit of my stomach. I I've watched this so many times. And I still get goosebumps every time I watch this at three particular points. And I will highlight those. So let's jump into this now, guys. If you're not watching this trailer or whatever, we're going to go into details here. So full spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Trailer number two. Take a pause here if you're going to wait for another month to see this film so you're not getting spoiled on it. But we're going to jump into this this right now. So you've been warned. Spoiler for Avengers Endgame here. (laughs) Now, we're going to scrub through this in the background. I'm actually going to toss in the audio right now because a very important piece of this whole thing is the audio experience for me. 
And so I'm going to dump in the trailer audio here. We're going to you guys are going to listen through it and then we're going to jump into our review. So we'll be back in just a second. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. All right, guys, so you've, you've listened through the audio there and that's the first thing I want to talk about in this is the, the trailer score and hit on a point that the Russo brothers had brought up in an empire. I believe it was an empire article with regards to telling a story in a trailer, but not particularly the story you're going to see online. And I get that here, but the music, man. The trailer mm-hmm. score for this invokes so much emotion and the way yes. they've paired things here. So it's, a, it's to me, it's an audio and a visual experience. Unlike any real trailer, like I, I know I've probably said this about Infinity War <laughs> and Episode 8 and 7 and all that, but this one here, like how do you feel about the, the trailer score? Did it invoke that, that same emotion that it, it did get for me? Oh yeah, the, the trailer score here is—it's crazy. It's pretty close to Infinity War's uh, porch with yeah. with uh, Thanos there, but it's more impressive in a sense because when you see that scene build up in um, Infinity War, there's a build up to it, right? We're yeah. we're on the ride to get to that level. Here, they're just giving you a trailer, and I'm already invested so hard into it without much context beforehand, right? So this is ah. Scores crazy. MCU's really stepped their game up here with the scores. Yeah, big Nuts. time. Because that was our early criticism of the MCU when we were doing yeah. the look back, was that there wasn't a score you could hum. This no. 
oh, the Avengers theme. Yeah. In my head all yes. the time. Yeah. And the thing that I like what they do with the audio in here, in particular in the score is it's cued in the same fashion that we, we complimented black Panther to you. Remember when we were talking about mm-hmm. the, the score on that and it's yes. like hitting certain scenes, like as, yeah. the, as the jets going through the Wakanda shield, this is mm-hmm. the same thing. There's a few moments like when cap steps up, and his head pops like from the old footage from the first Avenger. And yes, then you yep. see his head pop up and you get the boom and the arrow yes. from Hawkeye. Yep. Boom. And there's a yep. few scenes like that where they play to the visual to the audio. And that has a huge impact because they're putting exclamation points on video with audio. It's mm-hmm. so well constructed and crafted here. And you know, yes. when you look at the visual experience that we have in here, it's beyond even footage from the film. The first half of the trailer is footage we've already seen from the previous Endgame trailer, as well as mm-hmm. mixing in and telling this story of Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Yeah. And this is very on purpose. And this goes back to this black and white imagery with these red pops. This, t- oh. like, I almost am at a loss for words when I look at this. And you have the the narration at the start here by Tony Stark talking about it, it's been 10 years since he crawled out of the desert. And you just yeah. see these little red hints here and there. And he's giving this nice voiceover, which seems to be a continuation of his narration from the very first trailer. Right. The proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Pepper Potts yes. here. Him, again, these, these goodbyes. Like, this this yeah. first part with Tony Stark, I love. And then we go into endgame footage, where they go mm-hmm. back to the full color. Oh, man, I tell you, it's... <laughs> It, it's this is what's invoking this this reaction for me and then we step mm-hmm. into the first avenger we've got the american yes. flag the reds like i said the audio cues as we go through this and this the interesting part about about this part of the trailer with regards to captain america is there is a woman with an english accent it sounds like an older woman speaking over it mm-hmm. and i don't have the exact quote in front of me but essentially it's about starting new starting fresh which to me in itself is telling you something, but I can't put my finger on what that is. Is that is that Peggy Carter? Like hands down, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure it's Peggy Carter. Yeah. But is that yeah. a new line, or is that spoken in Winter Soldier? Because I don't think she says that when she's on the bed with him. I don't think so. I don't she, think says, she says, "Oh, that. Steve, no. you came back. You came back." There's yeah. never there's never an extensive line with her in that form. So I'm wondering if that's just voiceover that they've provided for the trailer to try to throw you off a little bit or if we're gonna get peggy carter in this film because as she's doing that voiceover he's carrying that's from the the scene from civil war i believe where he's carrying civil war yeah Yeah. when he's carrying the casket yeah with the beautiful red pop on it there that's right oh so do do you think it is peggy carter Hey man, I've been telling you guys, you know that theory. I'm, I'm yes. real strong about that theory. I think it's new lines um, from from Peggy Carter, the actress herself, because there's no way that's from her show that she had that little one-off show. And I it wouldn't make sense that she was saying that back in uh, First Avenger. So no. I'm pretty sure it's new lines that they've uh, they've most likely filmed here. But um, yeah, man, this is this is this is looking good. We got Cap at the full front here. Oh, yeah. Ah. Man, movie, it's man. so crazy because they're just giving us flashback sequences here and the buildup is so high because we've been along this ride for 10 plus years. We all know these the beats of these films. Time seems to be a very big importance throughout this whole thing, right? It does. That is, a, that is a very nice pull because that's a great undertone in this whole thing. 
is time and its implications and how that affects the future. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye here. This is this is an interesting one because we don't actually revisit anything from previous films with regard to Hawkeye. There's no image of him from Age of Ultron with his kids. It's actually Mm. what appears to be a new scene. And he's teaching someone, a young girl, to shoot a bow and arrow. Now, there's been some speculation out there that this might be Kate Bishop, who in the comics turns out to be the second Hawkeye. Yeah. Does this, when you look at her age, Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't match to Age of Ultron. Right? Or am I... I have to go back and revisit Age of Ultron as far as his daughter. Like, do you think this is his uh, daughter or is this someone else? I think so. Because I think in that background there, you can see the family. You can yeah. see the rest of the... Right in the background. Yeah, it looks like he's um, on the farm. Yeah. You, I think the age would line up. Because Age of Ultron is 2016? Yeah. A 15. Right? 15. And this movie is meant to take place in 19, 2019? Yeah, well, my Roughly. guess, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right too, because that. So I guess I'm thinking be. a bit. So, yeah, you're right. That she's... so it might it might line up. I, I think it's a nod, though. I don't know if it's actually necessarily going to be Kate Bishop, which is uh, which would be really cool. Shout out to my boy Grabs over there because he got me on that um, that uh, Life is a Weapon book, which has Kate Bishop in there. But um, I feel like it could just be like a cool kind of nod. But maybe they could very well take that character and be like it's his daughter and she goes yeah. by whatever she's the new hawkeye it, it, it very well could be but um i'm starting to think like do you think he lost his family in the snap or do you think he lost his family afterwards or before which has turned him to go this kind of darker path because he's missing in action in infinity war right yeah it's it's an interesting point because we know he's under house arrest from the end of civil war Right, right, right. And for her to take this dark turn and not to turn to the Avengers, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's... Because there's, as we get through this, there's a couple intimate moments between him and Black Widow. Yes. And the first one we see is what clearly is him in Japan in the Ronin uniform. And we've seen this yeah. from the previous trailers. And when you look at Black Widow's hair, it does look blonde, I think. And yeah. so this implies that it's earlier on in the film with regards right. to this time jump that we do see from even the Captain Marvel footage, the 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 endgame Captain Marvel footage up until this point. And there's nice visual cues. You can see Black Widow and Captain America, bearded, blonde, and the, some change was the big time jump, which yes. we do get a lot more insight into with regards to Paul Rudd's appearance in this trailer. But I, there, she seems to be connecting with him and sympathizing with his situation. So right. I think that he lost his family in the snap that mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. always been my impression. Um, mm-hmm. cause that gives him a point forward story to tell where if they have to go back and explain, Oh, his family died in a different way or something. You know what right, I mean? Like right. he's, he's reacted yeah. in a different way to the snap, but it's interesting. Right. And it's hard to tell with her hair. I don't know when they're going to pick him up because it would make more sense for them to pick him up after the time jump to not just go right after him. Right. He's got to have spent right. some time, dwelling on this thing where, where his family's gone. They, they may show right. where they disappear right in front of him. Like that has, that would yeah. have a huge impact on him for sure. Yeah. And they're yeah. definitely alluding to that story. And then the next piece, the next component that they tell here, and this is interesting when you look at the trailer structure, because I'd mentioned Captain America, Iron Man and Thor gets some focus here, but Hawkeye's another character that there's telling you that there is some background story going to happen because mm-hmm. we don't get the same flashbacks for black widow or for Hulk. 
that's right. You know, when, we're, when we're filling out this this Avengers line here. So we, we do get a nice flashback again with the red pops. We've got Thor with Odin and then yes. him with this narration, this voiceover about him watching all of these people die, which he likely blames himself for. You know, he, for sure. he, he took that arrogant route because he wanted to, to see and look in Thanos' eyes as he died. And yes. then boom, snap. Yeah. Very See, which powerful. is interesting because... Well, yeah, because with with Thor, he, out of every Avenger, he's had it the worst because his home world is gone, yeah. right? He's basically seen, he's witnessed Ragnarok and he's seen his, his ship got destroyed in half. And then the loss of, um, well, the battle that he lost against um, uh, Thanos there, right? And then yeah. now on top of that, his second home world, Earth, it, everybody's gone pretty much. Half of the population is gone. So of anyone, Thor is probably taking it the worst here. So he has a lot to prove and a lot of, um, you know, obviously revenge built up towards oh, yeah. towards Thanos here. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I still love that scene between him and uh, Raccoon there. It's one of the most heartfelt scenes infinity war there oh, that yeah. he shares which is something else right yeah i tell you man and then we get back here we got a flashback to infinity war as we're seeing the snap occur you got captain mm. america saying directly with dialogue over print here about we tell people to move on but we don't yes and this is where we see for the first time a real clear look at at the time jump we've got mm-hmm. black widow here she's got red hair now they grown back out with the blonde tips Captain yeah. America beardless. So we've gone through what I would consider quite a substantial time jump. Right. Because we've got Paul Rudd, Ant-Man. We know from the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, he's stuck in the quantum realm. We see Hank Pym and company all snapped out of existence. But then he is shown here at his old house, actually his wife's house, his kid's house. He's clearly gone back to look for them. We've got missing posters and a really overgrown house. So yeah. this is, this is, we're going, we speculated before, how big is a time jump? Is it months? Right. I'm thinking at least a year, if not more. I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, You know, this is something you kind of might have heard me say a couple times with this, the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is I want more of that time jump, right? Between the films. In this case too, this is something else I request for a movie that ended on such a note that we got in infinity war i feel like it would just kind of soak up that much more of our emotions to have this time this this gap of a year two years i don't want like two weeks or like a few months i want like two three years going forward of this loss because i want the i I mean i feel like i lost on this team right and i want the avengers to obviously experience that a bit more so and i feel like in order for them to feel like they've really truly lost and they're not just going to get over the situation in a couple of weeks is to have that two, three year uh, gap of, yeah. uh, of the snap. Yeah. Yeah. We have to feel a world that has been dealing with this for a mm-hmm. long time to yeah. get the desperation out of yes. what they're inevitably going to do here, what they're alluding to what they're going to do. And that comes down to the tagline, whatever it takes. Exactly. Like exactly. we can't have whatever it takes. Oh, we've had two weeks with this. This this ha- well, you, that's just ha- you have to feel that emotional impact of the absence and what they've been dealing with, trying everything in their power, but just nothing works. Exactly, and and and, and by doing that, it gives you the sense of the people in this world have accepted the loss and yes. have moved on, right? Which is which is extremely tough because they're not thinking like the Avengers are just going to save the day; they're going to rewind time. Like that's not an option, right? So by doing that, two three years the people of that world, this universe truly believe that they have lost. So ah, right there with you, man. Yeah. Awesome. And so there's, there's one thing in here. Now we're going to kind of jump around a little bit in the trailer, 
But there is an allusion to a battle of some sorts where we have Captain America fully suiting up. There's Rocket standing great scene on a really amped up war machine. There's a, a Nebula at one point is got her swords out in this fiery mess. What do you think's going on here with the idea that Kevin Feige has explicitly said we're only showing from the first 20 minutes or whatever, 30 minutes of the film, of a potentially three-hour film? I have a theory about what's going on here because there seems to be this commonality is where we have their, what appears to be their kind of year or two later uniforms. And they're all in this fiery mess and we see right. some of these scenes where caps pulling the shield we've got ant-man leaping on the pencil and there's this kind of dangling uh headphone jack what do you think is going on here what battle do you think this is <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot there it's so tough you know with infinity war we got the kicker right the uh the big reveal that nobody saw which was red skull which yeah. just came out of nowhere and we're like whoa crazy red skull i mean could they do like some kind of crazy switch where they just pulled Ultron out of nowhere. Like, could Ultron be the simple, like, enemy that they give us? Just to get a cool action scene. The Avengers defeat them. It's a serious kind of fight, but it's nothing life-threatening to the point that the Avengers can't solve. But it's not the big boss. It's yeah. not the Thanos. Could it be Vision that's been rebuilt and he's, like, out of whack? I don't see them taking on Captain Marvel to this extreme. So I no. definitely ruled that out. But I really don't know what this battle is. But I don't believe it's the end, the no. end game battle. Not I, at all. Not I agree. Means. There's yeah. there's one cue in here that's really got me thinking that this is potentially some attack mm-hmm. on the Avengers facility. Okay. And the reason I say that is that, and this was a concept that we kind of developed a little bit in the previous trailer, where for whatever reason, there's a scene where you see War Machine and Ant-Man pull their armor up, their helmets up, mm-hmm. while standing right. in the middle of the Avengers facility. If you look closely at Paul Rudd here in this one scene, it's about a minute and 34 seconds into it. You can see in the background this red flame building. And it's really interesting because it looks like the whole facility is getting ready to explode. Right. So my my interpretation of all this is what we're seeing in those battles is some attack. Now, whether that's by Thanos or whomever, right. whether he's gone in in time using the time stone and he's seen okay they're gonna they're doing something i need to attack them to stop it mm-hmm. and this is our first maybe big battle where we have the avengers facility attacked i don't know right. to me it's it's something it's definitely not it's trying to tell you that it's the end battle yeah it's trying to allude to that because we do see cap back in there his face is shaved nebula's yeah. there so we know that stark and her are back right captain marvel right. we know from the end game trailer and yeah. from even these scenes, she comes in early in the in the game because Black Widow's got her blonde hair at this point. Thor's still in his kind of hobo look. Yeah, <laughs> I like that, Doug. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know because for me, I, I, I like that idea. I definitely feel like, yes, you're, you're right. There's obviously some sort of attack and it's kind of probably a little early on. The only thing is I don't know if Thanos is going to do much at this point because I feel like Thanos has achieved what he's wanted to yeah. do. And if the fight's going to happen, the Avengers are going to bring it towards him. But I feel like he's just like, I won and I got nothing to prove. And he really is living like the farmer lifestyle. So it's going to take a lot for Thanos to come back to either Earth and fight or a lot for the Avengers to assemble and fight him on. I don't, I don't know what planet he's in. Is he on Titan? No. There's some, there's some theories that he's in Wakanda. 
That's right. I heard that one too, which yeah. is wow. That's 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 uh, it stayed on man. Yeah. So yeah, th- I, I that's what I think is going on in this in this. What we're seeing scenes from is an early battle. Right. Yeah. Definitely agree. That that comes, I guess, after the time jump after Stark and that arrive back on Earth, but mm-hmm. enough to kind of maybe kickstart this this idea, this act of desperation, because we yes. hear them. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. We've got the queued up gun again with the audio with yep. Black Widow there. I love that scene. So good. Yeah. We've got Tony Stark this the going back to him on the Benatar saying whatever it takes. And then we get this massive swell of music. Yes. And then what's interesting and what I really want to ask you here. Mm-hmm. They give us this scene. Now if you remember when we're we're a minute 51 into this. Yep. And if you remember the last trailer at the end we see the Avengers what appeared to be the Avengers walking along this sunset in, in the Avengers facility here, the big mm-hmm. A in the back, it's the same scene, but they've taken out, or at least the, the, what it looks like, they've taken out the row of Avengers. Right. And what I'm curious about is that scene that we saw at the end of the first trailer, do you think that is real? Or do you think that was a trailer-made scene? Because when you look at it, you've mm-hmm. got Cap, Thor, everyone that we knew was going to be in the film from the end of Infinity War, no sign of... Of, of Tony Stark or Nebula or Captain Marvel in that role. But then when you look at the right. next scene, we don't see Thor, we don't see Captain Marvel, but we do see Stark and Nebula. Right. I think that that whole scene was a throw off. That was just, they just said, okay, guys, just march down here. This is a, a trailer shot scene. Right. And this, this is for that because there's something here. Like they show us this, this is the exact same. I'll put a side by side up on Twitter maybe. Yeah. But this scene from a minute 51 is the same setting and the same shot just without any characters in it that's that's a trip you're right you're right because because that's when you put po- yeah i remember that you posted on twitter and we, yeah the, the whole twitter gang out there shout out to twitter gang we're all dissecting yeah we're trying to pick this, out who it was this, this clip do you think it's possible and I'm, I'm totally just throwing it out there but it happens twice in the sense the first time we see them they're going somewhere to retrieve who Whoa. we retrieved because like, we, we like you mentioned we didn't have Nebula. There's a few characters that we didn't have, but now we've gained more characters. Yeah. Do you think they've gone to whatever place to retrieve these characters, and now they're going back? Whoa. I don't know. There could be, could be something there. Ah, man. That's yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, this time is, is like you said. There's a nice undertone of it here, mm-hmm. and that's a big piece, a big question mark that we don't know what they're going to do with it. Right. And that that makes things confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and specifically too the russo brothers said they shoot stuff for trailers that isn't in the film we saw it in exactly. infinity war yeah and i think we're seeing it here again but it now that you've said here. that i'm like okay well maybe you're right because the yeah. noticeable absences from this next scene when again it's just like i love that they went with it whatever it takes music swells yes here's your white suits that you guys have been seeing <laughs> we've seen it in lego leaks we've seen it in concept yeah. art lead i actually picked up and you know, i had my hand a end game captain america with this suit on it was those big tall i don't even know what they're called um the titan, the titan figures yeah. yes i saw one at toys r us this past week like it was, and it was a, the avengers uh white it was the Man. cap white suit so it, it's out there and that could be the next trophy right there it could be yeah <laughs> <laughs> and here we go with these white suits so yep. it, it's interesting because they bounce around in this and i think it's on purpose to kind of confuse you yep. but this is a different lineup than we saw in the first trailer Yes. And they're not in a, a straight line. And we also see Nebula and Stark here. This is our first indication. And it's interesting they just threw Stark in there because they could have easily yeah. just not done it. Exactly. And they threw him in there and said, and he looks like 
Stark of this yeah. this timeline where he's right. kind of younger, got the bit of a blonder streak in it or whatever. Right. He looks like like Tony Stark, and same with mm-hmm. Nebula. So it's interesting they confirm that yeah he comes back with the Benatar at some point. He he kind of pulls off that one trick he alludes to, um, in the, at the start of the trailer. But yeah, we've got Captain America here, Nebula, Ant Man, Ronan, War Machine, Stark, Black Widow. That's who we yes. see in this. So a little different. We're missing a few people here. We're missing Captain Marvel. We're missing Thor. Right. We're missing Banner as well. He is not present at all in this film. I think no. they're hiding him in this. Like I think they're purposely not showing the Hulk in this. Yeah, what they much do. Yeah. Because that, that, that's going to be a big reveal of the Professor Hulk stuff. But what are your thoughts on these suits? One, the look, and two, what are they? Are they the quantum suits or are they space suits? Yeah, it's 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 tough. Because first glance, I'm thinking, okay, they're the quantum suits. But then it's like, well, we see Paul Red in them. So why would he need to be in it, yeah. right? And it makes sense. Tony Stark. Exactly. Why would he need to be? Well, I know like Tony Stark's suit. Like I know he could still do the Iron Man thing in yeah. that suit because we've seen the the suit with, with the concepts or the marketing at least. But but yeah, definitely Paul Rudd's character wouldn't necessarily need that suit. So maybe it is a time jump, a time back suit, um, or possibly a space suit. Yeah. Right. But again, if it's a space suit, why would Iron Man need that? Or why would Nebula right? wear it? Right. And why would Nebula wear it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or did, I don't know if we saw Thor before wearing it. Was he? He. There is images of other... Thor wearing it. Exactly. So that's another character. So yeah. if anything, it points me to believe that this is their, yeah, their uh, time. Yeah. Their time outfit. Their quantum if, suits. If it's, it's similar to yeah. what Tank Pym wore in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very similar that's to right. that. The look, like, I know from the concept art and that there is some back and forth about the actual look of these things, but mm-hmm. I think they look great. It, it does look a lot better seen at live action because it's, it's hard to see before with the... Uh, like the toys that I was seeing, yeah. I was like, uh, okay. Especially when you had a character that wears a helmet like Iron Man in a costume, it just looks weird. You know, it's kind of like Batman in a trench coat. <laughs> it just doesn't, <laughs> but, but, but seeing this now presented to me, I'm like, okay, this works. Especially seeing someone like, um, a Steve Rogers or a black widow. That's when it really makes sense to see those characters rocking those outfits. Um, but yeah, I'm on board, man. I'm with you. I just want to know what are these suits capable of and what, what exactly is their purpose? Yeah. And I'm glad actually they did this. They showed them and this, this, it's a beautifully constructed trailer. Like this is one of the best trailers I've ever seen. It, it, it tells a story. It invokes emotion. It points you in directions that likely aren't correct. And it gives you a nice big tease where it's like, yeah, here's the white suits. The only reason I asked you about the spacesuits is if you remember back to Infinity in 2013. Yeah. These look a lot like those. The white suits they wore when they went into space. Oh, shoot. That's right. Yeah. That's crazy. Good callback. Yeah, 100%. And the fact, too, that they pulled the Black Order out of that Infinity run. Right. That's it's okay. They've made it maybe in likeness only. Right. Right. And that's, and that's fine. But the other thing that got me spinning, this is a bit of the Captain Marvel theory that I didn't lay down last week. We ran out of time, but I'm wondering now with the scrolls, the Cree, Captain Marvel, do you think there's going to be an element of that infinity book where the Avengers are leading a galactic force of some sort? Like, is that too cosmic? where you could have the scrolls, the Kree and all that join the fight against Thanos that because everything's affected, right? Like, are we going to have this galactic war of sorts where you have the Avengers are taking the lead? Like that infinity arc has heavily influenced 
everything sure. that's gone into Infinity War, and even the look. You know, I'm. It's it might be a spurious connection. It might be in likeness only. But when yeah. I'm when I'm thinking about why did they do that twist of the scrolls? Right. What's the point of it all? When you go back to something like Annihilation or Infinity, where you have this galactic force that is essentially yeah. fighting against something, that just kind of got my wheel spinning a little bit. Well, that makes a lot of sense because now we definitely have some sort of an alliance with the humans yeah. and the scrolls, right? And I mean, yeah, I mean, at this point, Thanos is every Thanos is everybody's enemy. So why wouldn't the Creel as well help out here? Like, but basically, a full out war against Thanos here and his. Has he, well, he, left, uh, yeah, well, he's going to have his army left, right? The, yeah, he's going to have riders. Yeah. And maybe he has new generals. Because the thing I'm thinking is, like, if the world is, if every world's devastated, to have a big enough force to fight against Thanos, do you need to have the scrolls? Do you need to have Captain Marvel being like, here, I've got the scroll and Kriyamata are showing up here. And then boom, 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 your, your new Wakandan army that effectively acted as a bit of the cannon fodder becomes right. some galactic thing i know it's right. crazy and it's out there but it's not <laughs> unprecedented in the comic books and especially for a comic book that they've taken some cues from in the past knowingly yes. taken cues from with regards to black order and even these suits they're, they're very reminiscent of that good callback yeah yeah that's right yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they go about doing so especially because we we've heard the rumor this movie is about three hours yes is it, i believe yeah so i mean it's gonna and it's uh, gonna have one big blowout it has to that Lord of the Rings, you know, exactly. that Game of Thrones, Battle of the Bastards. We we got to get something that big for yeah, sure. Huge. Yeah. Now, yeah, capping man. it off, we we nicely see the Russo brothers in the construction of the trailers. They they tell you a beautiful story, like I said, but they always cap it off with something a little lighter, which yes. is very much to the tone of the MCU. We saw the Paul Rudd scene from the first trailer, Love and that. we get this Thor meets Captain Marvel scene here. Thor attempting to intimidate Captain Marvel. By calling Stormbreaker to him, she does not flinch. In the least, I love this. This is so well executed. I'm so yes. excited to see Captain Marvel, Thor, Captain America, Black Widow, everything. I this this to me palpable the chemistry here. It's oh, awesome. A hundred percent agree, man. This is this is money right here. Um, like you mentioned, Captain Marvel has been flinched at all when the hammer comes flying by her. Like she is just. This is this is great acting because she's not even saying a word here. She's just looking at him, and you you can tell exactly what's going through her mind. So powerful, so dominant. Like the Avengers have been lacking this character. They've needed this character, and you know we've seen it once before in Ragnarok how powerful, obviously, too. Uh, Hela was what yeah. she was capable of doing to Thor's hammer, and we're getting it here again with Captain Marvel. The chemistry between these two already, I can tell, is going to be heated. And again, like you and I mentioned earlier on this episode, we can't wait to see. Carol Danvers, Brie Larson in the hands of someone like the Russo brothers, yes. right? And we're going to get it here in this film. And I think if people weren't won over necessarily by her performance or even the direction of the character in Captain Marvel, they're in for a treat with Endgame. I feel like this is going to be the one to solidify all fan base to be on board with Captain Marvel. Yeah, 100% yeah. agree with you there. Mm -hmm. I think one comment you made when you're talking about Captain Marvel was that her chemistry with everyone was good. Yeah. Put her in the room with, with this cast. Exactly. Oh, it's going to be something else. Just to have her. It's be crazy. Just interacting with Thor and Black yeah. Widow, Captain America. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait. Like it, this, Iron this Man. Is... Could you imagine what she's going to say or do to Iron Man? Yeah. She's going to put right in her place. It's going to be way better than what we got in uh, Civil War 2. Oh, the yeah. Comic, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Something else. It's... Yeah. Uh, the last thing I really want to talk about here, and something that has been, it's got quite a bit of momentum on online. It's Hawkeye's haircut. Yeah, man. I want his haircut, man. Yeah, he has, he has the for real, like a Hawkeye. Yeah. It's that that the hot cut. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's cool, man. That's a good look for Jeremy Renner. I like it. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's funny. <laughs> I think I think Carlos uh, here in Calgary called it one your midlife crisis haircut. <laughs> I I'm definitely that. get. I'm definitely getting that. <laughs> I, well, you know, I saw a funny GIF of somebody posted. It's the side profile of Jeremy Renner's hair and like the sides because they're so cut low, like on a guard, like not even on a guard. Yeah. Uh, they did the Infinity Snap on it. Like the hair is like <laughs> no way. <laughs> just the sides are snapped. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious like a lot yeah. of people staring online they're making jokes like oh like did his barber get snapped out of existence halfway through or <laughs> that's so awesome. that's why he's so mad <laughs> you know it's 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 not too often that we get a trailer like this like i think a, a lot of the mcu trailers the star wars and all that dc they do a really good job at, at constructing trailers but this to me was was absolutely next level i uh, to me this is on the level of best trailer of all time when you when yeah, you really it's... when you put it in comparison to what we've seen yeah that first force awaken trailer was was something else yeah it evokes man. that same oh. sort of emotion this yeah. year there's a story there's there's finality to it yeah. there's teases there's reveals but there's nothing else in there, right? This is yeah. something we've been complimenting the Russos since before Infinity War is that they show us a whole bunch, but nothing at all. Exactly. And yeah. they're good at it. Yeah. And yeah. this trailer, it, it it moved the needle for me. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, no, it, it was great work. I remember you texted me, you're like, man, Infinity War, or keep saying Infinity War, Endgame trailer dropped, checked that thing right away, rolled over, put on my phone, boom. Yeah. Enjoyed it, went on my TV, obviously, to experience it again. You know, I've always given um, praise to uh, not only just Marvel, but the Avenger films specifically. The Avengers trailers, if you just go back on YouTube and watch each Avengers trailer, they've always been outdoing themselves, yeah. and they've made it to this level. When you go back to the first Avengers, Age of Ultron, using the Pinocchio soundbite, oh, you know. so good. Like, that was genius. And then you get to Infinity War, obviously, which is... I've, it's unbelievable who they have cutting their trailers and yeah. uh you know 10 out of 10 this is this is a phenomenal trailer yeah, love it because like props. you mentioned they're not giving you everything but you're anticipating everything yeah. you know it's it's crazy you yeah. feel they they're able to make you feel a certain way without showing or telling you much exactly which is extremely yeah. impressive so Definitely. april 26th man the countdown yes. is on i'm gonna have a new addition to my family yes sir but i will be making the time to go out and see this and we will be Perfect. coming back and reviewing this no doubt. It, yeah. It's been an absolute blast having him back here, man, talking about this trailer. I'm so excited. I've, I've got yeah. the goosebumps going on. It's it's something else. This is going to be a huge, huge film. And I'm looking forward to, to spend the next couple of weeks dissecting things, anticipating things, and really talking nerd with you guys. Because we got we got a lot of stuff coming up. We've got Shazam coming up here. Yeah. Celebration. There there's There's just so much going on in the nerd world. We're going to get a Star Wars trailer here before the end of April. So April is going to be a busy month here in the nerd room, both personally and on the pod. It, it's, it's, oh man, I'm, I'm speechless with all this. But that being said, guys, if you'd like to be a part of this show, you can always email us at nerdram at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, hashtag Twitter gang, our handles at the end of the episode. That's Troy, myself and Sanjay. 
and yeah, just join the conversation, man. It's a lot of fun. This is the, the world and the space that we're having just a great time and interacting with, with fellow nerds, people that are like-minded, caring, passionate individuals. So yeah, get in on the conversation there. And lastly, you got to give a shout out to our man, Rob Wade. He, he endorses this emotionally 14 endorses this podcast every each and every week. So go check everything out on emotionally14.com, including the other endorsed podcasts. And you can catch everything that we do over the nerdroom.net as well as starscommonwealth.com, where you can also catch all the other podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth podcast network. We're all anticipating counting down towards celebration. There's some big things going to land there. So keep an eye on starscommonwealth.com. And all that being said, man, like I said, it's a pleasure to have you back at the table here discussing Cheers. nerd. It's been an absolute blast. Well, maybe have the three of us at the table. Maybe. Yeah. It might not be. Might be just you and Sanjay. Might be just you and Carlos. Who knows who's <laughs> going to be at the table next week? It's no that rotating, rotating door in the nerd room here. But we will be back with something, some content discussing nerd for you guys next week. So yeah. until then, for the nerd room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you guys very much for entering the nerd room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Tattooing Sons, Retro Inc., and The Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.